and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again to a very special Bread and Circuses podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. I didn't know this was going to be very special. Do you know why this is very special? Uh, no. Because it's the one hour this week our schedules match up. Yeah. Yeah, that would be special. <laughs> it's been uh, crazy the last couple of weeks. What with you having the Rona and all? Yeah, I've got the woof. I got the woof flu. Uh, well, not officially, because uh, I initially tested negative, and then... Uh, when I lost my sense of taste and smell, I, f- I figured I'd get tested again, uh, just for my for my business where I work, just for their sake, just so they know. Not that I was gonna not work, but uh, there's no there was no um, kits available. All the testing sites were booked up, and the first come first serve places had lines out the door. I'm like, yeah, not that important <laughs> for, just for wanna, a fucking cold. I just want to point out that you are not properly six feet away from me. I am not, and you're going to hear it every so often because I am flimmy, flaglemmy. <laughs> well, did, so you took you took two of the in-home tests, didn't you? Well, it's one test, and it you take it twice. So right. you take you're supposed to take it once, and then wait like twelve hours or whatever between twelve and twenty-four, and take another one. And uh, I came up negative, but I might may have actually just had a regular like a regular cold. And then uh, that went away, and then like a day later, you lost your sense of taste. Well, a couple of days later, so it felt like two different sicknesses. Unless, and we're, and we're not talking about the way you dress. We're talking about <laughs> yes. like you couldn't actually taste anything. Um, the the woo flu is weird because you're not sure. I, I wasn't sure. Like the first signs of having kind of um, some sort of sickness just felt like a mild cold. And uh, didn't even really feel, it felt like the most mild cold you could have. And uh, then that went away. So I had, you know, a few days of symptoms of that went away. And then I ended up getting like more cold symptoms, like the scratchy throat, the cough, the snot and all that. Um, The initial one had a little bit of uh, aches, not much, but uh, they felt like two different Colds, but then I heard from people saying that the woofloo kind of does that, where it's like kind of like ebbs and flows, um, and it lasts. It seems to be lasting a long time, but it's not severe. It's never got severe ever. I may have had like a hundred degree fever for a day, and uh, and I have persistent cough, but um, it, it does feel different than other like colds or flus I've had, which you know just goes to show it was manufactured in a fucking lab. See, if you'd been vaccinated, everybody around you would be safe. Yeah. I did notice that people that have been vaccinated, they got over it quicker. <laughs> I mean, it was a couple of days and they were done. And they didn't lose their sense of taste or smell. Well, that, that's the only reason I did it. Yeah. But this has been so mild. Like, I'm not I, – I think the, uh, I think the, you know, uh, possibility of getting, like, a severe reaction from the shot, you know, the blood clots or the, you know, myocarditis – heart inflammation, all that, <clears throat> as opposed to just getting sick for a while. I'll take the getting sick for a while. This uh, this Omnicorn uh, variant is is good. People should be getting it. 
You sound to me like you're not taking the virus seriously. I am not. I am absolutely not taking it seriously at this point. You hateful bigot. <laughs> Denier of global warming. Turn my phone off here. Or the, the ringer. Um, I think I've got it, actually, because right now I can only hear out of one ear. Oh, crazy. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the symptoms. Really? Yeah, does your asshole itch? No. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that was one of the symptoms. Really? Yeah. Well, you would know. Well, I mean, you, you know, have... I didn't get all the symptoms. <laughs> yeah. No, I have bad headphones. That's why I can only hear out of one ear. Um, so, speaking of the woo flu, uh, it's hit home in uh, an interesting way. So, my son, my oldest son, is not vaccinated. And the reason he's not is a couple things. Not worried about him getting sick and dying of coronavirus. Um, but look, he's old enough. He's at an age where uh, he can make his own decisions. So I asked him, hey, do you want to get vaccinated? He said, absolutely not. So, all right, cool. And I've mentioned before that he's on the swim team. Uh, his swim team qualified for a state meet this last weekend. So they're splitting the team between the state meet and another meet they have at the same time. His coach came to him and said, hey, you've been doing a good job. You're one spot away from going to the state meet. If we have a kid who can't make it or something, can you go? He was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, guess what? It's at the University of Minnesota. and You can't even go if you haven't been vaccinated. Bullshit. That's... So there's not enough time hmm. for him to get vaccinated, even if he wanted to. And at this point, he still doesn't want to. And I was telling one friend about this, and they said, so you think your son is old enough to make his own decisions? I'm like, well, he's three times the age we let kids decide their gender at, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that person actually said to me, well, that's different. And I'm like, yeah, it is, because a five-year-old shouldn't be able to decide. Did if this they... person actually think that? Yes. I... Did you kick him in the fucking gunt? <laughs> no, I looked at him like... You're kidding me, right? Like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's just a vaccination. I'm like, so you're saying the older kids should be able to make the easier decision, but the complicated decision should be trusted to the five or six-year-old and how they feel. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, I think people are going to get backhands when, when, when I deal with shit like that in the future. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's getting pretty crazy. So, um, so then the school board had a meeting recently where they were discussing their max mask mandate, which is supposed to, um, it's supposed to expire here on end, excuse me, end of the month. And, uh, the school board came out and admitted along with the CDC's information that cloth masks and surgical masks do not protect from coronavirus. So they're going to stop wearing them at school, right? Oh yeah, of course they they will. That's uh, that makes reason. That's reasonable. It makes sense. They're going to order N95s and KN95s for the staff at the schools. And they'll have to wear them, but the kids still have to wear cloth masks. And now are they masks. are they mandating that the staff wear the 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 yes the more stringent masks or whatever? Mm -hmm. So that's good because they'll wear it for like half a day and they'll be like, "Fuck it, we're done with this." Because it's very difficult to breathe on those. And if you do anything strenuous, you're going to be fucking huffing and puffing. No, they'll go to distance learning where oh, they okay. already say, fuck it, we're done with this. Yeah. And I'm sure there are teachers out there who are like going, hey, that's not fair. No, I'm sorry. I've been home with my kids and listened to their classes on Zoom. 
where their teachers have literally said, I've taught you for the 10 required minutes. Now go do your independent work. What the hell? Yeah. These people should not be paid full time while my kids are in distance learning. Did you see that video that this is college, a professor that uh, he um, is mandated, I guess, to have are he, the school is telling me has to have in person learning along with the online learning. So mm-hmm. he's got to be in in class for a certain amount of times a week. Well, he's an old crotchy piece of shit. And he's uh, he's pissed off about that. Doesn't want to doesn't want to get the Rona. So um, he we did a, a a video chat where he's wearing like a space helmet over his mask, and he goes basically saying, "This is what I'm going to wear in the class. And if you show up, I'm not teaching you anything. And as a matter of fact, if you show up, I'll know who you are, and you know you'll probably get a shitty grade." Did you see this? He's just a fucking asshole. You're kidding me. No. And he goes he goes I'm tenured. I don't give a fuck. He said that. And he goes, he goes, you can learn online. It doesn't matter anyways. I, I don't really even grade your shit based on merit. I just have a grading system that I randomly score things. He's just basically given up. And he's, then he's telling all, all the students that, fuck you. If you show up in my class, you're putting my life at danger. So you're going to you're gonna probably fail. He's just a fucking prick. I'm like, that's the kind of caliber of teaching students have to look forward to. See, the university's got to fire him now. They've got to. It would be, I would be surprised if they did. And he's, he said, he said he doesn't care because he's, he's tenured and on the verge of probably like retiring. And he's well, just a crotchety piece of shit. <clears throat> tenured makes it tougher for them to get rid of you, but it doesn't, yeah. I mean, they get rid of tenured professors all the time. Yeah. He was, he, his, 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 he was, the way he was saying that he grades was like, it basically doesn't matter. Um, and he's just being a real prick. And I'm like, I would drop that class. Definitely. Actually, yeah. I wouldn't be there in the first place. I but. mean, if well, yeah, because it's learning and you mm-hmm. don't do that. So, <laughs> no, I just I think there are people like any other profession. There are people in the education field doing good work, and there are a whole bunch of people just like everything else. Whether you're a Starbucks barista, a car wash attendant, a lawyer, or a college professor, there are some people just tanking it. Because yeah. doesn't matter. What are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's absolutely stupid. Oh, here we go. I've got it. Michigan professor wearing space helmet tells students they are vectors of disease in a Zoom rant. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what does he say? Um, his name. Oops. Yeah, I, have to, I have to allow um, pop-ups on now. Oh, shit. That's what happens when you allow pop-ups, I guess. You shouldn't do that. I gotta turn it off. Doot, doot, doot. I'm telling you, there's some high production value coming from you lately. Doot, All right, never mind. Oh, he was suspended. Here we go. Here's the newest one. This is from Yahoo News. Oh, they're going to probably autoplay. So get ready for some more noise. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, he was suspended. So, a, in a profanity-laced introduction video for a history class, Professor Barry Mailer wears an astronaut-style helmet with air filters, tells his a fair State University students that, are vec- that they are vectors of disease, and says that their grades are predetermined regardless of their efforts. He goes, I will not take questions in class because I'm wearing this helmet in order to stay alive. He's 74. Uh, and that was towards the end of the video he says with an expletive so please come to class enjoy the show i'll be there regularly because i have no choice 
the bizarre 14-minute video, which has been viewed 360,000 times since it was posted on YouTube, uh, on his page, YouTube page. He's been paid on, uh, uh, placed on paid suspension while officials investigate his eccentric introduction to the new semester. <laughs> but isn't that what he wants to be? Unpaid leave? Yeah. Doesn't have to teach and he gets paid? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, the guy was just a piece of shit. You know, you're watching it and going, "What? A, what a sad sack of shit!" If you're, if you're that much of a miserable prick, just retire. Yeah, no kidding. So obviously, he hates his students. So well, I mean, don't all teachers? <laughs> um, you know who Barry Weiss is, right? Yeah, she left. Uh, was it New York Times editorial board? Mm-hmm. So uh, Raven sent me this story from Barry Weiss. About a uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation employee, journalist named, I don't know if it's Tara or Tara, T-A-R-A, Henley. Um, she basically said, I'm going to just read a couple of paragraphs of this. She goes, for months now, I've been getting complaints about the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, where I've worked as a TV and radio producer, an occasional on-air columnist for much of the past decade. <coughs> Excuse me. People want to know why, for example... Non-binary Filipinos uh, concerned about lack of LGB terms in uh, Tagalog, whatever that is, is an editorial priority for the CBC when local issues of broad, uh, of broad concern go unreported. Or why our pop culture radio show's coverage of the Dave Chappelle Netflix uh, special failed to include any of the legions of fans or comics that did not find it offensive. Or, exact, or why exactly taxpayers should be funding articles that scold Canadians for using words like brainstorm and lame. So basically, she quit. Um, and uh, she started there as a broadcaster in 2013. But she says, I used to be... Uh, it used to be that I was one of the furthest to the left in any newsroom, occasionally causing strain in story meetings with my reviews, with my views on issues like the housing crisis. I am now easily the most conservative, frequently sparking tension by questioning identity politics. This happened in the span of about 18 months. My own politics did not change. I'm, you know, everybody always says, oh, it's not, it's not me. It's, you know, so, I'm sure her politics have changed some, but over 18 months, it's it's pretty unlikely. But we're really in this, and I mean, we're not saying anything new. We're in this phase of culture where people want to race to the left to just give their virtue signaling bona fides. Is it bona fides or bona fides? I don't know. I like bona fides. Bona fides sounds uh, more classy to me. Yeah, but you know, um, in that... Uh, it's like Frigile. In the George Clooney movie, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm. They talk about bona fides and... The bona fides. I like that better. So, I don't know. Smart people know. I, I don't. I guess my bona fides aren't good enough. But she's quitting her job because the whole newsroom moved too far left. And Barry Weiss did the same thing. It... It, it really comes down to like an epidemic of narcissism. And I think part of it's been brought on by, you know, the, the algorithms and the way social media works. I think we're creating more and more narcissists in society because of it. So, Oh, absolutely. So that's, uh, I think a lot of the problems that it comes, comes from that, um, kind of a mental shift that people are, are more self-focused and f- more, uh, fame hungry because they they can they can get a little taste of feeling important, and they used to not be able to not do that. 
said the guy with his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel very self-important because yeah, of it. Yeah, you do. I think the the peak of uh well, the not the peak of, but the perfect example of just the everyday narcissism people have is we were talking about this beforehand. Fucking pictures of your food. <laughs> Nobody cares what you ate. Well, Matt Walsh was even talking about he had a rant about how he wasn't exactly sure when it started. You mean best-selling child author, Matt Be- Walsh? Best-selling LGBT child author. Oh. Um, he was talking about how everybody, nobody wants, nobody experiences the moment they're having anymore. They they are documenting the moment they have so that they can experience later. Um, and he goes, there's no pictures anyone takes anymore that, that they don't insert themselves into. You know, there's no nothing but selfies. So you go to Grand Canyon, you got to have your mug in there. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that you're taking pictures of the Grand Canyon to begin with. But then you insert your face in there. It's doubly nobody cares. The only person that cares is you. Well, I will say this. I have a friend who's a photographer who posts, posts stuff on uh, Facebook. And his photography is amazing. So that, I at least go, wow, that was an amazing picture. You know, But if I go to the Grand Canyon and I take pictures, I mean, first of all, even if I'm a good photographer, there's thousands of photographers that are better than me that have taken pictures of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, um, but at least like your group of friends would be like, okay, you took a great picture. I get that part. Unless it's amazing, like has has like a fucking bald eagle and a, and a double rainbow, uh, you know, going on over the Grand Canyon where you haven't seen it before. Yeah. You know, uh, that's it's not worth taking because nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. So. Well, except for the three people who tell you how amazing you are. Well, I actually, I've, I mean, I've wanted to take more photos, and then I go, why though? Because every time you try to set up photos or or say we should take a photo here, you're missing out on the moment you're having. You need to take a picture of the "Get Off My Lawn" sign you've got. <laughs> I just wear it. It's, a, it's basically a shirt or a placard. No, it's a look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm not too concerned about having selfies and photos at this point. I'm rarely on Facebook, you know. And when I was was before, it wasn't to drop pictures usually, unless it was something really weird, like a like a, I had taken pictures of weird food I eat, mm-hmm. like a octopus or something that my dog wouldn't even eat. <laughs> I thought that was entertaining. Are but. they supposed to be bite sized and crunchy? Yeah, it was gross. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all for not not being a narcissist and i think that it's it's going to be very difficult to to reverse course with the way social media is going and just the way technology is going and making everybody feel like they're so self-important well and the funny thing is we mentioned it before we have a mutual friend who will post stuff on facebook sometimes it's like woke up with a 90 99 degree temperature gonna be a long week yeah and, and you just it. really want to go, nobody gives a fuck. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, I I would be one of the uh, other 17 voices, and all of them are like, oh, hang in there, buddy. You'll make it through. Drink tea with honey, you know? Mm. I just want to give them advice like, you know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they think, what they think is they're, you know, they're um, just strengthening their community of, of friends by doing that you know it but it doesn't it isn't it's just breeding narcissism it's not like you're getting together with your actual friends and go hey this is what i did this week or hey you'll never guess what happened to me and your face-to-face talking makes a huge difference whereas when you're 
you know, on online or, or tippity tapping typing it in. Um, it's a whole different experience and it basically just boils down to, I need you to be, I need you to be, uh, either impressed or, or really clued into what I'm saying and then respond accordingly. You know, I, I guess in person you do the same thing, but it's, it's a different feel, a different vibe and you get different emotional cues and physical cues from it in person. Yeah. You're doing it in person. So yeah, I don't engage in that very much. <laughs> I, I do it just to, just to cause shit with people when they do it. You know, like, like I said, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, I woke up, my temperature is 99. I'll suck it up, Sally. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, did you see, I can't remember the name of the paper, but the newspaper in Salt Lake City, the editorial board. Did you see what the editorial board said? That the, uh, um, National Guard should be called in to stop the unvaccinated from going, quote, just about, well, anywhere, unquote. (laughs) So, in other words, let's have the military come in and make sure people who aren't vaccinated don't get to go places. This this, uh, philosophy to me seems shockingly similar to... To something that happened about a hundred years oh, ago. Oh, you can't say that unless you want to join Gina Carano and making movies for Daily Wire only. You can't be talking about. You can't be making those parallels. Didn't didn't Gina wasn't Gina Carano the leader of those people in Europe? Oh, what? Yeah. It, it, I mean, she's basically oh, the same boy. thing. Okay, are people getting what we're laying down here? I think they are. Okay, <laughs> I think they're realizing there's a certain party of people and a certain leader from it that we really can't mention. <clears throat> You're gonna hear a lot of that. It's, I'm getting I'm getting worse as the night goes on. Uh, well, I'm getting like a sympathy cough from you. Yeah, you can see me struggling not to cough over here. <laughs> uh, there's an article here from Alpha News: Federal agents agency to begin tracking those who seek religious exemptions to Biden's vaccine mandate. Um, Religious rights groups question whether the tracking plan will be used to discriminate against federal employees and contractors of faith. So, do you see what Gorsuch said about that? Mm-mm. And kudos to him. He said, um, "When do we have to? When does anyone's religion come under scrutiny?" I'm paraphrasing. When it involves their freedom of speech or their right to move about and whatever. So when they're saying, "No, we have to." We have to decide if this is actually, like, valid. He's going, we don't have a test for religion. There isn't one. There's not a constitutional test for it. Yeah. And religion is not your Judeo-Christian or your Islam. It is your belief system. So it can believe, if you believe in the flying spaghetti monster, you can do that. And people say, well, that's just too big a loophole. I'm sorry. Freedom is not a loophole. Freedom is the whole reason it's there. This is interesting. Uh, They go to say the center square, which is an obscure agency of the U.S. government whose stated mission is to reduce recidivism and work with criminal justice partners to enhance public safety. They so the center square, they will begin tracking all federal employees who file for religious exemptions to Biden's uh, COVID-19 mandate on federal workers and contractors. Let's see. The federal government has no business to create a database of people who are f- who file religious exemptions, Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Staver told the Center Square. 
Oh, okay. I don't understand. Is the center square this obscure agency or is the center square reporting on this obscure Sounds like agency? They're, they're reporting on it. Okay. That was, that was a little bit weird how they did that. Do, do, do. I'm not going to go through. That's a pretty long article. Um, here, it was the Salt Lake City Tribune editorial board. Uh, said that uh, this is from Newsweek. Salt Lake City Tribune editorial board criticized Utah's response to the COVID-19 pandemic in an op-ed writing that the, quote, civilized, unquote, thing to do would be to deploy the National Guard to ensure unvaccinated individuals remain largely at home. Utah has the fourth highest number of new COVID-19 cases of any state, uh, and the Omicron variant's presence has forced some students to return to remote learning. Well, guess what? Everybody's going to remote learning anyway because the school boards are a bunch of babies. Yeah. Uh, The Saturday op-ed applauded officials for citing the COVID-19 vaccination as the best tool for fighting the virus and recommending people get inoculated. However, the board wrote that Governor Spencer Cox and the other legislators didn't carry, quote, the courage of their convictions, unquote, because they did not institute vaccine mandates. Had the vaccine, (coughs) bless you, been put in place, the board wrote that Utah may have been able to head off the Omicron, uh, quote, with herd immunity level vaccinations, unquote. Bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Look, you're like you've said before, you're going to get it. Everybody's going to get it. All the all the um, vaccination is doing is, you know, lessening your the symptoms from it. And the only way we're going to burn through this is everybody gets it. Yep. And with the rates it's going through the country, how many people are going to be left who haven't had it other than me, and my superior immune system? Uh-huh. But but look, seriously, how many cases of this stuff have there been now? I have no idea. Like 100 million? Yeah. The country's only got 350 million people in it. It's just not going to take long. Yeah, the fact that it's burning, it's going to burn out or if it's already reached the peak and is fizzling out, which is what these viruses do. They have an initial phase and then a couple more and then they kind of settle down. The fact that that's happening, we all know it's happening, and there's still there's still these businesses that are trying to force through, like Carhartt, force their employees to get vaccinated. It's it's just it's ridiculous. So um, Citibank is doing it too. They basically came right out and said, "We're going to fire everybody who doesn't have their yeah. like first shot by January 31st or something like that." But um, I heard a couple of things. Uh, a friend of mine who I would I would say is very much like me, sort of fiscally conservative, but to the, for the most part, socially is like, eh, whatever. You know, we were talking the other day and he said, I got to be honest. He goes, I'm moving farther right all the time, which I don't think you've necessarily seen before from people on the right. I don't think they were moving farther right. I think the sort of political window just, and there were statistics, Tim Poole cited these, to show that was happening. But don't you feel like you're kind of moving more right, even socially, than you initially were a couple of years ago? Because I think you're seeing the slippery slope kind of shit is just accelerating and it's actually happening where you, if you give an inch, they're taking a mile and it's getting to be perverse. I would say yes, but I, I would give it two qualifiers. One, I've hardened my stance on abortion yeah, I mean, to the point where I think if it's not 
if it's not an incestuous thing or a rape thing or something, it if you're just getting one, you're just an evil person. And I'm not I'm I'm using that word purposefully. Yeah. If you're performing it, if you're getting it, whatever. I think I if think you're facilitating you're, it. I think you are evil. Yes. I mean, a, a bad person. You have a you have a character flaw. I really do. Um, and that's something I've really hardened my position on, where I used to say, ah, that's sort of a no-go zone. I have my beliefs. You have your beliefs. No, I'm, I'm pretty stringent. I'm not going to stand in front of an abortion clinic and call people murderers. I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. But I've certainly hardened my stance on that. And there's just – there's no moving it off me because I've – I've looked at it morally and I can't, I can't stomach it. And you know what, what did it for me was I read uh, Cheryl Strayed's book where she, um, they made the Reese Witherspoon movie out of it where she hiked the Pacific coast trail or whatever. And she talks about how fucked up she was and that she got pregnant and look, she was a drugged out loser at the time, basically by her own admission, but she got pregnant and she was on heroin and she was dating this guy who was on heroin and she goes, uh, so, of course, I got an abortion. And it was the way she wrote it, just like, you know, like it was an afterthought. And I think based on how she wrote stuff later, she wound up getting married again or married and having kids later in life. And I sort of picked up on she had some sort of pangs of regret about that whole thing. I mean, knowing that she would have had to have give the, given the kid up, she couldn't bring it in that sort of situation. But the the way she wrote just like. You know, it was an annoyance, so I took care of it. Yeah, she's also probably making an excuse that since I'm a, a fucked up drug user, the kid would have been a, f- a fucked up kid with birth defects. That yeah. That's the excuse she would have had probably. Yeah. So that was the thing that really, that was that moment that really made me go, this is fucked up. Um, so I would put that qualifier on it. And then the other qualifier I would put was, I really think my politics hadn't changed a whole lot until like the last 12 months. I really just feel like... I've become more stringent and, um, I mean, to a degree, even maybe a little bigoted, not racist, bigoted in my, in my points of view on stuff. Um, because it's, it's just like, it's like that kid being told every day to eat their vegetables or do your homework or whatever. There's just a part of you that hardens against it and goes, you know what? I don't like green beans. I don't care if they're good for me. Um, and so there's. I, I don't want to say that it's just an irrational thing that my politics have moved, but it's certainly a, it's a reaction to a lot of, I think, overstimulation from the left, just like you're a bad person and all this stuff. Well, and also the fact that they're, they're just allowing the worst of the worst people to do bad things. So you're getting all the transgender quote unquote athletes you're getting, you know, that, that are just, yeah. Again, talk about narcissism, the, the, the guys that are competing against girls and trying and winning records. These people are pieces of shit and the left is celebrating them. Same with, um, crime, you know, they're, they're allowing criminals to uh, talk about recidivism. They're allowing criminals to go out and commit crime after crime after crime until they end up murdering someone and then letting them out again after they murder someone because of, you know, di- you know, because uh, evil white supremacy, you know, so that kind of shit. You, you see that the, the yeah. you saw what the FBI said about the uh, Texas hostage um, situation at the at the um, um, uh, synagogue. Yeah, the FBI 
said that it was in no way related to the fact that these people were Jewish. Well, they did take that back. I know, but the fact that they came out and said that is, is fucking agree. ridiculous. I 100% but that's their that's their their impulse in in not just the FBI, but you know, law enforcement in general. Well, they, they can't be called they can't be called Islamophobes. You just you can't. Oh yeah. Oh well, and then just anything like, to not be called Islamophobes. And this is happening again. I don't know. It's not the BART. The BART system is in San Francisco. That's their their train, um, right. trains, uh, Barrier, high speed, Bay high Area speed. rapid yeah. transport. Um, they disabled their cameras because there was a huge spike in crime. And this was, I don't know, 10, 8, eight 10 years ago, probably less than 10. And the, um, what was happening was gangs of quote unquote youths were getting on and robbing and beating and, you know, all kinds of shit. And guess what? Every single time it was blacks assaulting other blacks assaulting Asians, assaulting whites, and it, the news was showing it every time. Well, that was racist, yeah, so they had to shut that down. It's happening again. You know what it is? They weren't showing the videos of the whites coming in there and beating everybody up. Oh, that's why they weren't racist. showing. Okay. They weren't showing the Asian gangs. And that's the thing; they would have been salivating to show that if it was happening. No, because uh, you know the the white supremacist patriarchy was stopping them from showing it. Okay. <laughs> so right? this, yeah. So this guy that took hostages at the synagogue, he was fr- he came over from Britain, I think, mm-hmm. and he was known to be an associate of Al-Qaeda and he was, you know, all kinds of shit red flags and he was over got got here, got over the border, <laughs> was able to plot and, and and do all this kind of shit. So but, but you know what? Bought a gun off the street. So it just shows we have a gun problem. Yeah. So this whole synagogue it's all thing, about guns. That's what Biden tried to do. He tried to say it was about guns. He sought the release of Afia Siddiqui, an imprisoned Pakistani terrorist who attempted to kill U.S. military officers 14 years ago in Afghanistan. Have you heard how bad she was, though? Just a complete sack of shit? No, she's like, um, she's got like a biochemistry degree or something. She had been caught with plans to try and get like CS gas out. In a major metropolitan area. Her plan was to gas a bunch of people. And they were saying, you know, they call her Lady Al-Qaeda. And the FBI was like, yeah, she could do it. And then when they had her in detention, she somehow got a hold of an M4 rifle. Like, I don't know how. But she was shooting at her captors. And so, yeah. Yeah. she's, She's bad news. She's not just some woman that they were like, well, let's grab her. So, but yeah, it's obviously a gun problem because, you know, I'm sure this guy walked into a, uh, walked into a gun shop and said, here, sirs, I would like to purchase a weapon and here's my background. And and, and again, this is, this is why you're you're seeing them just boldly lie to your face by who's perpetrating all these crimes. Um, the administration wants to weaponize, um, government against, um, what they call the what they call white nationalists and um, which is, you know, basically anybody that would support Trump or, or is not a liberal left. And mm-hmm. like the, the parents that go and, um, you know, go after the teachers verbally for, for the critical race theory shit. And they're considered, you know, white nationalist terrorist by, by this administration and, and law enforcement. And it's bullshit. It's, it's been bullshit and it continues to be bullshit. And the biggest growing group of, you know, um, terrorist, not domestic terrorist style groups. Guess what they are? It's black nationalists are the fastest growing. You can't say that. Yeah. So. Shut your shore, sir. <laughs> it's, it's in the FBI statistics. Stop it. That's not true. Uh, 
and they need to they need to you know meet that head on and deal with it you know instead of instead of just saying oh no it's okay we're not going to focus on you we're going to focus on just like when they who was it was it kamala harris or was it nancy pelosi i think it was nancy pelosi that was commemorating the january 6th attack and all the officers who who fallen officers of january 6th you know she came same five names i think three of them were guys that committed suicide uh, probably had nothing to do with January 6th. Uh, one guy that had a stroke a day after that had nothing to do with January 6th. And then she goes, and the, another person that was attacked at a later date and said his name as if that was part of January 6th. Mm-hmm. This guy was actually killed. Um, he was rammed into, um, got killed by somebody driving a car. And uh, it was a black nationalist that killed him. Yeah, but he uh, he had a Trump supporter sticker. So Sure he did. Yeah. But I mean, it's just as we see shit like that, and you go, uh, "Yeah, we're, we're done with you fucking uh, saying that uh, you know white people that are not liberal leftists are white nationalist racists," and then you're ignoring the actual black nationalists that are saying, "Yeah, we hate white people, we hate the government, we hate you know we want to destroy it, and we're willing to kill for it." And you're going, "Well, you know, I know it's not all black people. Yeah, I get it, but." Uh, why don't you actually start looking into that and seeing why it's such a problem right now? See, you know what your problem with Nancy Pelosi is? You're mad because you can't date her. And I can't get my eyebrows as high as that. That's, I mean, I can never look as surprised as she. Oh, my does. God. She's just. Like a, like a fucking clown. <laughs> he really does. Mm-hmm. Hey, but she was uh, like the greatest stock trader of the year, according to some publications. Yeah, there's a website out there that's that says you know they they track her her uh, financial <laughs> thirty maneuverings million dollars. and they go you just do what she's doing you'll be just fine <laughs> yeah but she won <coughs> she won some award for being like greatest independent stock trader or something in the year and it's like well if you know all of this stuff is coming of course you can make investments in that if you know Pfizer is going to get the contract for you know the the vaccine first before Moderna does or if you know that Merck is going to mm-hmm. uh, is going to you know give up theirs and work with Pfizer which I think is what happened well of course I mean you can you can make a lot of money and she's she's worth like 250 million dollars yeah you know? so well, it's enough to to uh, you know uh, graft her eyebrows on the top of her head. It's like a miracle surgery. So apparently, but you know, she had a she had a mask on when she did it, though. You know, she did. Yeah. Oh, sure. And I'm not I'm not begrudging her having money. I think in in a lot of ways it makes uh, politicians much less corruptible. Um, but yeah, I'm begrudging her making money because she's been a lifelong absolutely, politician. Absolutely. That's that's what I'm begrudging. Did we talk about Elon Musk's uh, tax thing? His what? His uh, his why billionaires shouldn't pay taxes. I don't know. I don't think we talked about that. Um, well, I just want to bring it up again if we had, and if we haven't, I'm bringing it up for the first time. Um, I have never gone from you gotta be fucking kidding me to 30 seconds later going, the man has a great point. And so the, it was a 30 second video of him commenting somewhere and I don't know where it was, some billionaire forum or something basically. And he said, Billionaires shouldn't pay taxes. And I thought, you're going to have a hard time selling me on this one. As big a capitalist as I am, and as much as I hate taxes and the government taking money, 
Uh, but it's hard to argue that a guy worth $200 billion shouldn't be paying a big chunk of taxes. And he said, if you think about it, you know, you really, once you make a certain amount of money, you can't really spend any more of it on yourself, right? So you're worth 200 billion bucks. You've got $50 billion in liquid cash or whatever that you can spend. Uh, these are my words, not his. But he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing, how much money can you spend? You can have some houses. You can do all this stuff. But you can't under, You can't possibly imagine how much money a billion dollars is. Like you're not living with a billion dollars unless you're buying a sports team or, uh, you know, some some uh, high end military hardware. You're not you're not spending that money. So what are you doing with it? You're reinvesting it and making companies that create jobs and all this stuff. So he says the government taking that money from you when they've never demonstrated any ability to efficiently use it or grow it or benefit people with it other than just giving money to people, which doesn't benefit them um, other than the very short term. It's that teach a man to fish, feed him a fish kind of thing. He goes, you are, you're making the whole system weaker. And I think he's got a point. Now I will admit there's a whole bunch of pitfalls unforeseen sort of that could be from never taxing people who have ultra wealth or ultra income shouldn't be taxing on wealth. I'm not Pocahontas here, Senator Karen. Uh, but I, I think he's right that $50 billion is better off in the hands of Elon Musk than it ever was in the government. You know, don't you think? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. So why the hell are we taking all this money? Just because they can. Well, there's also a, a video, a TikTok, I think of some young girl, Come, kind of coming to the realization that, you know, uh, taxation is theft basically <laughs> above a certain degree. She's like kind of working it all out. She's like, okay, so this person, this business that I'm working for is, um, they're making money and they're getting taxed on that. And then I get taxed on my income. And then when I go buy things, I get taxed on that. And then if I were to die and I had any money saved up, that money would get, how many times are they? And she's like kind of going through the numbers. So for every dollar, let's say a dollar is a hundred cents. And she's like doing her fingers. She's like, Ah, uh, never mind. <laughs> she just gives up. <laughs> it's like she almost was there. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's not but good. But you know to what that probably was? That was probably cognitive dissonance. It was probably just her going, no, that can't be right. Yeah. Or she was just embarrassed that she couldn't quite grasp how bad it was. And she's like, I, I must be wrong. Well, I remember back when I used to still get in Facebook arguments with people, I was telling somebody, I'm like, we tax the highest tax brackets above 50%. And this guy comes back and goes, yeah, smart ass. The highest federal tax bracket is 33.5% or whatever. And I'm like, right, but you pay state income tax too, right? I said, Minnesota state income tax and my income put me in the bracket where I pay 51% of my income in tax. So half of the money I make goes to the government. And you know that, yes, there are lots of tax tricks about you know, carried interest and all that. Sure, there are. But they also get to tell you that money you paid down in your business is income. So they get to tax you on the income. But it's not really money you got. It's just debt you don't owe anymore, you know. And I think the theory is, well, you could go out and borrow that money again if you wanted to. It's like, this is fucked up. 
we got to stop doing this. So, yep. Um, I want to talk briefly about the mask mandate that went in, or the vaccine mandate that went into, um, into play in Minneapolis here. Yeah. So, well, St. Paul did it too, right? St. Paul, yeah. So the vaccine mandate went into place in Minneapolis and St. Paul just yesterday or today, or it's going in tomorrow, whatever. I think it went in today. Um, so you have to show papers, please, everywhere you go. And they actually said on the news report tonight, I was watching on the TV, they said, so, you know, government officials just suggest that you have your papers handy, your documentation handy. I'm like, are we in East Berlin? Yeah, it's not just a suggestion. If if you get asked and you don't have them, they'll call the police. Yeah. Just to be in a business. Yep. And so they were talking to some guy who runs a coffee shop, and he goes, yeah, we had some people who got mad about it, but uh, they yelled at my staff, and they came back later and apologized. I'm like, eh, I think you're lying, and fuck will, you yeah. if you came back and apologized. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that uh, the businesses should be in a position where they have to now train these people. The guy who's the head of the – I can't remember his name. He's like the head of the uh, Restaurant and Bar Association thing. He goes – I know what my vaccine card looks like. What does yours look like? You get them in all different places. So what do they look like? How do you know someone's not faking it? You know, it, it's stupid. And so we had some friends over that were talking about, um, we were having dinner and, and they said, well, don't you feel bad for some of these businesses? And I'm like, I thought I did. And now I don't think I do because let's be honest, they voted for these people. Yeah. And yes, there are going to be conservative people who have businesses in Minneapolis. I get that. But for the most part, you have your business there and you've been voting overwhelmingly this leans toward people in that area. So, I, I mean, I want to feel bad for them, but I kind of don't. I just, in fact, I, it's not kind of. I don't feel bad for them. If well, you hadn't seen this coming, and I'm not saying it's easy to just uproot your business. I'm not making that comparison at all. But I'm tired of people just going, oh, this really sucks. Well, I voted the, for them. And with this uh, va- mandate shit, a lot of them would prefer – they'd love to just have it mandated because then they can just – they want it anyway. It's like the uh, liquor stores that weren't open uh, – in Minnesota here, they weren't open on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the liquor stores loved it because they didn't have to worry about the competition for Sundays. And mm-hmm. you know it was a day off and they didn't have to pay employees and all that. And, and – they really fought against allowing liquor stores to be open on Sundays because once it was allowed, then they had to do it. Be yeah. Open. Car dealerships are the same way. Yeah. They so don't want to be open on Sunday. They want the government to step in to make things easy for them. Does the government make anything easier? Yeah. I, don't know. I guess for some people, for criminals, I guess <sighs> sometimes the Minnesota government allowing them to, you know, commit um, felonies and get out right away. Well, you know, it's because they have a bad home life. There's an article, another article, Minnesota DFL to require vaccination in order to participate in political process. See, that's going to be cool. So Democrats believe requiring ID to vote is a form of voter suppressing suppression, yet requiring masks and a vaccine to participate in a coxus isn't. But you know what you, <laughs> the irony of this whole thing is, do you know what you need with your vaccination card? You need your ID. So in order to go vote, are they going to make people? You're going to have to have your ID. Okay. Well, that's not racist then. Right. So, so the point is, if you show them a vaccination card, they want to see your ID to make sure it's your vaccination card. But what if you can't get that ID? 
What if you're black and you can't figure out how to get an ID, according to the Democrats? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that uh, uh, Ami Horowitz video we talked about a while back, where he went to we went to like college campuses and asked white people how come voter ID is racist, and they're like, "Well, some black people can't find the DMV," and and so they went to Harlem and started asking black people, and like, "Yeah, the DMV is right over there," and yeah, it's no big deal. You yeah. need, you need a ID to get cigarettes and buy liquor, and you know, how do you not have ID? And then some people are going, "Yeah." That's kind of racist. <laughs> it ain't kind of racist. It is. It's also racist to point out the ethnicities of people robbing anybody. And when there was an epidemic of Asian um, hate. Unless they're white. Yeah. When there was an epidemic epidemic of Asian hate after. Um, was uh, it an endemic epidemic? Yeah. An endemic <laughs> epidemic caused by Trump because he called it the Wu flu or the China, China, China virus. Um and they were really all in on this, like, oh, these fucking white supremacists, these bastards, these Trump supporters are really going after the Asians. We're going to really get them. And then quietly stop talking about it because every single time it was a black dude assaulting. And it just happened again. Was it a pandemically endemic? Yes. Epidemic? <laughs> yes. So the, the latest one just happened where an Asian woman was pushed in front of a train, subway train, by, by a homeless black guy. And when he was arrested, he stuck. She survived, though, right? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, they got a picture of this asshole um, sticking his tongue out at the cameras. You know, he's, he's loving it. He don't care. He don't give a shit. Um, well, yeah. you know, he's going to be back out tomorrow to push more Asians in front of a but train. But you can't, you can't point out the race of the perpetrator. Unless they're white. Yes. Well, and the problem is it's really hard to find at this point. <laughs> like in Minneapolis here, St. Paul, carjackings are way up. Look, we know why it is. That uh, they don't show white people doing it. It's because the white supremacist media, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the conservative white supremacist media will not allow it to be out. 14, 15, and 16 year old allegedly robbed neighborhood market, shot college student cashier twice. A group of teen suspects allegedly used a stolen vehicle to rob the store, shooting the college student cashier twice. It was uh, Minneapolis, left the cashier. Um, in the hospital with two bullet wounds. Uh, police say the teens were also linked to several several other robberies and carjackings in the city. Um, it was in Bryn Mawr Market around noon on last Wednesday. They pulled up in a stolen vehicle, threatened a female college student who was working while she was on her winter break. Uh, she couldn't open her register, so they shot her in the foot. And then as they left the store, one of them punched her in the face while another shot her again, this time in the torso. Um, serious but stable condition. Now they're in police custody, you know, but they're, they're youths, you know, and you know, it's a white supremacist system that probably caused this. So they probably get, well, she was white. Wasn't she? Didn't she drop the N word on him? Yeah. That, that must be what happened. That's all they need to say. They'll be like, she called me. Uh, and there's instances just recently. It's been a lot of this happening. And every time you see a, a picture of the perpetrator, Hmm. Surprising. Because the white supremacist media is covering. Did you see this high-end Rodeo Drive um, boutique or something that this woman, young, pretty woman, white woman, not that it matters, <laughs> but she was, because uh, if it would have been a black woman, a white guy, it would have been big news. But anyways, she was working at this high-end Rodeo Drive um, store, and she had just gotten texting a friend, like, there's a really weird guy in here, stabbed her to death. It Was uh, was that the UCLA student? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might be, some of these yeah. might be getting mixed up, but I saw her picture and I'm like, man, she was pretty. So not that, not that it really matters, but yeah. you know, um, speaking of the white supremacist media, well, I was thinking of two things that and the, uh, carjacking thing, the carjacking deal really quick. Did you, do you remember a few months ago where Minneapolis is, um, plan to com- combat the catalytic converter thefts was to spray paint the catalytic <coughs> converters yeah. so the people buying them would know that they've been stolen. Mm. Mm-hmm. You think the people buying catalytic converters, one, know that they're stolen, and two, don't give a shit? Yeah, absolutely. Why would they care? Right. I mean, there's some like $3,000 worth of rare earth metals in those things, and they're probably paying people 250 bucks to steal them. Have you heard about this epidemic of bushmeat that's been brought into Minnesota? In just one week, officials seized more than 104 pounds of bush meat from tra- several travelers. You know why you haven't heard of this? Because it's coming from Africa. Oh, okay. So customs officials in the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport seized more than 100 pounds of deadly bush meat from travelers during the last week of December alone. Despite its potential for deadly effects and outbreak of diseases, there'll be no consequences for the culprits. According to the Center of Disease Protection, control and prevention bushmeat refers to raw or minimally processed meat that comes from wild animals in certain regions of the world including africa see i was trying to think of a way to ask you what that was without giving you a sounder that you could use <laughs> so I was just trying to- uh bushmeat comes from a variety of wild animals including bats non-human primates which is and then they put in quotes uh monkeys uh cane rats and dukier which is an antelope i guess it's softened. That was uh, Green Day's first album. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> softened. <laughs> Smoke dried and salted, but the procedures are not sufficient to render the meat non, non-infectious. It could be infected with germs that can cause sickness in people, including the Ebola virus. <laughs> Great. Ebola infections in people have been associated with handling and eating infected animal animals, the CDC notes. It's generally not spread by food, but human infections in Africa have been associated with hunting, butchering, processing meat from infected animals. Um, so, you know, eh, you know, it's, it's only a, 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 a dangerous vector for disease in Minnesota, and it seems to be like happening like, like a crime syndicate of, of people bringing in, in this bush meat. Probably shouldn't eat at Bob's Bush Meat and Drive Through Emporium. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the sheer volume of bushmeat our specialist intercept clearly shows how they play a critical role in presenting diseases from entering the United States. Uh, LaFonda Sutton Burke, a CBP field operation director director for the Chicago region, said. Uh, Augustine Moore, an area port director for Minnesota, said agricultural specialists stopped a passenger returning from Liberia with bushmeat earlier this month. Uh, when officers asked if he had any bushmeat, he said he had... Just parts of a monkey. (laughs) Turned out it was two primate arms and a primate rib. (laughs) Bringing bush meat to the U.S. uh, typically comes with a $250,000 fine because it's potential for foreign animal disease introduction. However, CBP spokesman Steve Bansbach told the Star Tribune that no criminal proceedings have been launched in connection to the seizures. They were informed, he told the outlets, the biggest thing we want to do is educate the public. The meat was seized and destroyed. We sent them on their way with a, with a slap on the wrist. No, we sent them on their way with a message not to do this again. They sent them on their way with a slab of wrist. A slab, a slab of monkey wrist. <laughs> and not do this. Don't do this again. But they, 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 we sent them on their way with a message not to do this the next time. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't get caught. 
is what they're saying. Don't do that. Hey, don't get caught. Do you think they do that with the, the no bail hearings now? They're like, hey, okay, there'll be no bail, but don't. <laughs> I'm going to write a sternly worded letter and I'm shaking my finger. I'm just racist for even reading this story, aren't you I? You are. Huh? Huh. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Well, hey, with that, our uh, magical hour of the week, where uh, the terrible Venn diagram of our schedules met up for an hour, <laughs> is uh, coming rapidly to a close. So, If you want to get in contact with us, uh, go to the Facebook page. That's the best place to interact with us, give us topic ideas, um, get in touch. But uh, if you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts, that helps boost our awareness and gets us in the all crazy algorithm and all, all the that. right places yeah so tell your friends share the podcast we appreciate it see you bye